This podcast is recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Darkinyung people, and I acknowledge them as the traditional owners. You are listening to a special series of Mother Other, The Postpartum Project, with me, Amy Pearson. Follow my journey as I process my own postpartum experiences and chat with loved ones and professionals along the way. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by The Natal Naturopath. The Natal Naturopath is a women's health clinic founded by Melanie Nolan, mother of three daughters, aiming to bridge the gap between baby and mother care. I don't know about you, but since I first fell pregnant with my son back in 2019, I've always found it difficult to access premium prenatals without booking in to see a naturopath. Well, I have excellent news for you. Melanie has created an iron and prenatal supplement range to provide mothers with powerful, high-quality supplements without needing a prescription. Their signature supplement, Evernatal, is designed to support you to grow and breastfeed a healthy baby and keep your own nutritional bucket full. Clinically designed to support both you and your babe, if you want more from a prenatal, it's Evernatal created thoughtfully by a mother for mothers. Head to thenatalnaturopath.com.au to access the full range today. That's thenatalnaturopath.com.au. Hello, welcome to episode two of The Postpartum Project. It feels really great to be finally sharing these episodes with you, recorded way back in the early postpartum with my now 16-month-old daughter, Before I dive into this episode, I just wanted to briefly mention something exciting that's happening in my world. Next month, I'm hosting a free live online workshop series called Brand Your Business. If you have a business or if you hope to launch one and you're feeling unsure about your brand image or you're finding yourself DIYing content for social media or your website on a complete whim, if you're constantly looking for the trendiest typeface to keep relevant this is for you. I will be with you for an hour each day for three days with replays available if you can't make it. It's completely free. I'm so excited about this. It's going to be lots of fun. Join me as we get to the core of your brand so you can start showing up online without a second thought. Head to Sun Mother Studio on Instagram or mother.other on Instagram and follow the link in the bio to sign up. So for this episode on the importance of postpartum planning, I'm joined by Caitlin Dyer. Caitlin's a Brisbane-based hypnobirthing and postnatal specialist, also known as Mother Down Under. Together we discuss the mess and muck of postpartum, what postpartum planning looks like, and spoiler, it's different for everyone, the pillars of postpartum that Caitlin focuses on in her work, and the questions she likes to have her clients really think about before diving headfirst into parenting. And of course, how motherhood really outlines the illusion of control that we actually have in our lives. Now, before our conversation begins, you will hear a series of voice memos from my own early postpartum experience this second time around. What I wanted to do here was document my real experience in real time so that I could focus the conversations that I have with experts around the actual experience that I was having at the time. Planning for postpartum was of great importance for me this time around, and as you've heard, it was incredibly beneficial, not only logistically, but also emotionally. So now I will leave you with the past me in voice memo form, and as you will hear, my conversation with Caitlin will start shortly after. Okay, enjoy. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is officially my first postpartum voice memo, and it is day five, which was not the plan. It has been a really, really, really crazy week. Today, my brain is so foggy. I feel very depleted and exhausted, drained, tired. All that planning I did for this postpartum, it was good practice and I thought about it and I spoke to my support network about it but um it's just you can't control you can't control things um it's an illusion thinking you can control things and it's been completely different to what I wanted and what I envisioned it's not been bad necessarily but it's been hard really really hard we were all hit with gastro. I had it before the birth. My husband had it after the birth. My parents got it after that. It's been, yeah, a really intense week. I've been up every single day. I, I wanted to stay in bed for 10 days. That was my goal. That was my main goal. I knew how important it was to rest and to bond with the baby and to just focus all of my energy on that um, but we really have had minimal time in bed, sadly. Oh, gosh, I'm just so tired. If I hadn't have written up that postpartum plan and handed it out to everybody, no one would have known what I, what I wanted and what I needed in this period of time. And so we probably wouldn't have had as much of the help that we want. What we asked for was time alone as a family unit um support with the toddler support with food and just to not have people dropping in and wanting to meet the baby because that caused me a lot of anxiety last time and I was very unwell and I felt really trapped and unable to get the space and time I needed to recover this journey is really proving to me that planning ahead is so important um, whether your plan goes as expected or not doesn't matter. It just, it gives everybody around you the understanding of what you want and what you need before you're in the situation. And then it's not awkward or at least not as awkward and not as surprising when, when things don't work the way people expect them to. Um, everybody has their own agenda everybody has their own expectation of what they want to happen in any given moment that's just what life is so because this is your baby and your experience being clear about your boundaries and being clear about what you want and what you need is the only way that you're going to feel that support and understanding um, and the only way that you're going to be able to help yourself in the future so yeah major major shift in attitude and understanding this time around and I'm so so glad
so I'm from the States originally. Um, and I was actually working in, in New York in finance and met wow. my husband who's from Brisbane, met him there. Wow. Okay. Um, and I, I hated finance and was thinking about going to nursing school in the States. Yeah. And then I met him and he'd been away from Australia for like seven years. So he was wanting to move back. And I was sort of at this life crossroads anyway. Yep. So I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can just go. go. We'd been dating for a few years. It was not like I met him. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, of yeah, course. I'll to Australia with you. <laughs> um, anyway, I was like, oh, I think I can probably just go to nursing school in Australia. So then I came here and, you know, we were only meant to be here for a few years, but now it's been 14 years. Wow. So. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm. Do you like it here? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely become home. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, I so can't nice. Imagine. Yeah. On your website, you write, if I'm truly honest, I wanted to control my birth the same way I had controlled all other major life events with planning, determination and set tasks that would get me where I wanted to go. And I couldn't relate to that more. <laughs> it's very much my personality type as well. And um, I found, as we will discuss later on, that um, planning the second time around was really helpful for me, both in birth and postpartum. So I'm really looking forward to diving into it with you. Yeah, I'm basically with this project wanting to share my own journey, um, talk to other people about their journeys and help to encourage people to prepare for their postpartum period um, as much as their birth period, much like you discuss as your career, I guess, your job, your purpose. Um, yeah. And I found that the first time around I didn't do it properly. I thought I was doing it properly, but I was very scared to put in strong boundaries and um, I guess worried about hurting people's feelings and all of that type of thing. And I didn't know very much either. But the second time around – I did a better job. I think I still found a lot of roadblocks in the way. Um, but I think, yeah, talking to you about it is going to be a really good processing exploration and also um, helpful for others. So, yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. Welcome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an astronomical topic, obviously. We could go on for hours. Um, the main thing I want to cover with you is um, postpartum planning, but I would love to hear about your own birth and postpartum experiences first, if you want to give us a brief rundown. Yeah, sure. So my first, I had um, a private obstetrician and it was a very straightforward physiological birth, but it was that private model of care where I was discharged on day three and my next appointment was week eight. And Whoa. yeah, and so much happens. Was that as in you know. Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was here in Brisbane. Yeah. So um, like I said, straightforward birth, all was well. So discharged, you know, fairly early from hospital. Mm. Um, and then my obstetrician, he didn't have his first follow-up appointment till week eight. Um, and yeah, and so much happens, as you mm. know, in those first, <sighs> those first few weeks, those first few months. Um, and when I look back on it, you know, like so many first time moms, I did feel this pull to prepare for birth. And, you know, like you touched on, I do tend to have, you know, very controlling type A personality. And I was able to recognize that birth made me feel uncomfortable because I wasn't going to be able to control it. Yeah. So I did feel this need to prepare and to help me feel more in control of this experience that I knew I wasn't going to be able to control yeah. if that, if that makes sense. Um, but I guess the messaging I sort of 
had picked up in regards to postpartum was that I was just going to be able to live my normal life except with a baby in tow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't really recognize a need to prepare for postpartum because I thought, oh, you know, I suppose any obstacles that I'd encountered in life up to that point, I was sort of able to, you know, spreadsheet my way out of <laughs> and like a bit of determination, a bit of hard work, I could find my way through. And I just sort of felt, like I said, the messaging I got around postpartum was like, yeah, I'm going to be tired, but, you know, a bit of hard work, a bit of determination, I can like, yeah, find my way through. Mm. And I was really surprised that I was not able to do that. Um, and that the baby wasn't just going to do what my spreadsheet said it was supposed to be doing. Um, and yeah, so I guess that first time I was just lost, you, you know, mm. and when I look back at the time, I thought I was fine and, and was coping and I didn't have any challenges per se you know breastfeeding is a very steep learning curve but it was it was fine um it was more i just could have used some hand holding some emotional mm. support some normalization of what i was experiencing um yeah and when i yeah like i said when i look back on it i'm like yeah that was a really rough yeah time that's um very common yeah. that you know it was the same for me it's looking back I was I was really completely lost as well the first time and I I didn't realize it at the time. I don't know if it was to do with our personality type or if it was um like a a protective mechanism to try and just oh don't think about how hard everything is and how much I'm struggling. Let's just keep, you know, on pushing on through until you hit burnout. Yeah, and I just don't think you have time or the mm. emotional bandwidth, you know, you're yeah. trying to process birth and figure out how to be a parent and figure out how to breastfeed you just you know it's sort of like you're just getting pounded you mm. know in like almost like you're in the surf and there's just one wave after another after yeah. another and you don't have time to figure out how to get out of the water you're just yeah, like I just that's need a good to analogy stay afloat yes yeah. yes that's so true is is that what contributed to you working in this area did you yeah yeah so it was shortly yeah. after your first that you got into it no I, I guess I so I became a hypnobirthing practitioner when my first was about two mm -hmm. um and then became did the training to become a postpartum doula when my second was just a few months old okay sure um yeah. And then how was your second experience? Much better. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is just you've already done a lot of the learning curves. You've already been through them. Yeah. You know, you've already transitioned to becoming a mother. So that sort of identity, identity shift, you, you change again after your second, but the most of that identity shift is done yeah. the first time. Um, so that was easier. I just had more confidence in, in myself as, as a parent. Mm. Um, and I also, I opted with my second for a private midwifery model of care. So it had that postpartum component built in. Um, and I, again, I, I didn't really have any challenges per se, but I just found it so comforting to have someone come to my house you know, it was every day for the first week and then once a week for six weeks. Mm. And just that checking in and just someone who cared about me was just just game changing. And, yeah. and like I said, they weren't even doing anything. They were just visiting and just providing that 
that emotional support really mm. and you get to know them as well because it's the same generally the same person or two people so yeah that I had that both yeah. times and found it really incredible yeah that's probably the best part of both of my experiences I think yeah so the fourth trimester slash postpartum period why hasn't it been as much of a focus for the last few generations or more I know that it's um culturally a major tradition in many different um other areas other than western culture um and even people like my own mum who is in the baby boomer generation she's a really big birth advocate like she was really supportive with me having a hypnobirth and um aiming to have a drug-free birth which I was able to do and all of that but she wasn't really very knowledgeable in postpartum as a as a I guess a phase as well um she was very much caring for me and um knew how to look after me but she wasn't aware of the postpartum period per se um which surprises me and I just wonder why did this sort of fade away from our care is it to do with just um I guess capitalism like I'm trying to understand why why did it fade away do you have any idea about what happened yeah, I mean, I think it's partly, you know, feminism, you know, and they kind of say birth is the realm that feminism forgot. And mm, I think that yeah, yeah. flows through to motherhood as well. And I think, you know, particularly women who are around our age, we when we were growing up, we were told we could do anything. Yeah. You know, we could be whoever we wanted to be. And I think a lot of us are very ambitious and very driven um, and don't want to be held back. Mm. And then at the same time, we have all this information, um, you know, good evidence-based research around you know, attachment parenting and yeah. the two just don't go Very together. Well together. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we're wanting to be, and I think we're also applying, you know, like we've spoken about, we're, we're applying the same tools that have helped us become successful women in yeah. our careers and in our lives. We try to apply that to motherhood, but motherhood just doesn't, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just sort of that, that, that conflict. And then, you know, having to go through that big identity shift of, you know, am I this ambitious career woman or am I a mother mm. or how do I do both? And then, again there's even more information now about nutrition and postpartum depletion yeah, and just yeah. it's just it's overwhelming I think a, it is it is and mm. I think you know a lot of us are like oh well we'll just bury our heads in the sand and just get through it I, it's, I think you know how we used to we used to treat birth that way I think you know that a lot of the information around yeah. birth is is really overwhelming and you know taking responsibility of that experience can feel like a lot mm. um and so I think we're sort of at that tipping point now where women are realizing okay just burying my head in the sand and going with the flow is probably not going to give me the outcome that I want yeah um and I think we've sort of reached that point in birth and I guess the next frontier is is postpartum mm, I'm so glad that it's become a lot more of a hot topic because oh it's just it's a relief to hear everybody talking about it especially my first was my first is only two and a half nearly three and I feel like even then I didn't see a lot of that being spoken about online I feel like it's really changed in the last few years or maybe I was out of the loop but I definitely have seen a major shift so it's it's sort of um 
yeah, it's exciting. I'm hoping that by the time my children have children, it's really implemented, you know, yeah. as part of a normal part of our society and the way we function. So let's talk about what changes mothers or birthing people can expect during postpartum um, that are maybe unexpected, that maybe they don't realize they're about to experience. I mean, I think some of it is just the physiology, you know, what I think we're becoming more honest with other women about what happens for real in birth. Um, But I don't think we're quite as honest with each other about what happens in postpartum. So just things like, you know, night sweats Mm. and bleeding after birth and, you know, you're just having those huge boobs (laughs) just like filled with milk and milk is, I know. And like, they're just engorged and then there's, you know, your baby feeds and then the other nipple is spurting milk every, Mm. you know, just the messiness of it and the humanness, like it's Mm. a very human time. Um, and yeah, so I think just being more honest with women and, and I think that's sort of what's changed, you know, kind of going back to the the previous question, just in terms of, you know, social media and podcasts and people sharing their stories. I think that's giving other women courage to talk about yeah. what really happens and like that first poo and, yeah. you know, huh? what do sutures in your perineum feel like and yeah. how does that heal and sex after birth. And I just mm. think we're all being much more open and honest with, yeah, like how wild a time it, it is. is. You know, just your own, your, it is, you know, <laughs> and I think, you know, you kind of go through pregnancy and you might feel like your body's not your own because you're literally sharing it with another little human being. But I think a lot of us feel like in postpartum, once the baby's out, then you'll, you're, you'll go back to feeling like your body is your mm. own. But you don't, no. you know, because your body is, is adjusting. And yeah, I just think that the actual like physiology of postpartum yeah. and what is going on with your body, mm. um, just having knowledge around that is important. It takes a really long time. That's something I guess I definitely didn't expect because the first time I just posted about this recently on Instagram, um, the first time I was in my 20s, now I'm in my 30s, I've just crossed the threshold sort of during that period, but I feel like the first time I had a really hard postpartum, but one thing that felt quite surprising was my body went back to close to what it was like quite quickly. This time it hasn't. And I'm three months postpartum now and that's normal, but I didn't realize that because the first time it changed back so quickly. And so that's been a new area of like, whoa, I have to try and learn who I am again now because I literally am, I literally have a different body now. Um, As much as I did the first time, it just feels very different this time. So yeah, I think that's something that people don't realize that once the baby comes out, you don't just go back to your old body. It's, it's a very, very changed body. And that can be quite difficult to wrangle with mentally because it's such a quick shift, isn't it? You go from this huge pregnant belly to a whole new body again. So it's like three changes almost. Yeah. What about the core areas that we need to focus on in preparation for postpartum? Do you sort of have core areas that you focus on with your clients? Yeah. So, I mean, I do talk about like the pillars of postpartum okay. and they can be different for different individuals. Yep. Um, but generally, you know, something around nourishment. So feeding yourself mm-hmm. is huge. And mm. this is a really hard thing to comprehend if you haven't had a baby, yeah. you know, just that you will not have time <laughs> 
yeah. for food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you but don't you need have so to... much of it as well, don't you? Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, particularly if you're breastfeeding, just mm. because the energy demands of breastfeeding are, are so intense um, while you're trying to recover from birth mm. and, you know, hopefully prevent postpartum depletion. So yeah, food is huge. Um, and support is huge as well. And that's your partner, your friends, your family, your greater community. And, um, you know, you touched on this before, but figuring out what your boundaries are and Mm. how to ask for help, you know, all of that sort of falls under that support umbrella. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another big one is that identity shift. So sort of connection to yourself and, Mm dealing with changed body image and changed roles within you know your partnership or changed roles within your friendships and within your family and just adjusting to that new version of of yourself mm. um and then the fo- fourth postpartum I sort of leave up to them so for some women you know connection to nature is really important or um they put might put more emphasis on on body work um and that's they'll place a lot of value on, you know, perhaps getting massages or mm-hmm. um, seeing an osteopath or something like that in postpartum. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have it broken down so that people can sort of envisage how they should be p- planning for this type of thing. Of course, the physiology, what which we were just talking about, most specifically the first six to eight weeks is really intense and like you were saying quite a primal human experience. Our hormones are shifting all over the place, physical recovery from birth and breastfeeding if we're doing that. Um, What can we do to nurture ourselves during this time? I mean, I think it's the same way I approach birth is I just think if you can actually understand the physiology and have some basic understanding of what is happening in your body, Mm. that just makes it easier to deal with. Um, And I just apply that same framework to postpartum. So just having some understanding, you, you don't need to know, the ins and outs of all the hormones and all the different feedback loops, but just having this understanding of that. Yeah. There's these huge hormonal shifts that are happening and your uterus is continuing to contract and healing from where the placenta was attached. And, you know, just, I think having that basic understanding allows you just some compassion for yourself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's what I was going to say. Cause as well, you know, you sort of, your hormones make your emotions just, completely wild like that's one thing I wasn't prepared for I think with pregnancy or postpartum is how much of a lack of control I had over my emotions and how I felt and how crying and then also anger like both of those things that aren't generally very much a part of my outward expression in a day-to-day sort of normality so that was that was a shock and I think yeah having compassion for yourself is huge so I'm glad you mentioned that yeah Yeah. And like I said, I just think when you understand what's happening, then that just, I I might just be the way my brain works, but then that just allows me to be like, it's okay. You know, your body, there's actually things happening behind the scene. It's not, not you per se, Yeah, you know, it's your hormones or it's your uterus or, you know, it's your milk ducts or, Mm. you know, whatever it is, it just allows you that for me, having that understanding makes that compassion easier. Yeah. So how does your, what does your postpartum planning actually look like? Do you physically write things down? Do you make spreadsheets? How do you help people in this 
really difficult time to plan for this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's really personality driven. Yeah, you know, okay. some yep. women do want the spreadsheets. Yep. Other women just want more vague ideas of things that might help or so yeah it totally depends on what people want and also what people have in terms of resources you know if they're going to be able to take uh parental leave is their partner going to be home Mm. you know do they have friends and family here so um you know the more support you have again it depends on personality but I think the more sort of free form your postpartum can can be yeah. whereas if you don't have a lot of immediate resources I find that's when women want more of a you know spreadsheeted sort of yep. very concrete plan yeah and for me this time specifically it was writing a letter I literally wrote a letter with my partner to our parents, our family members, our friends. And it had like, this is what we want for our postpartum. This is a list of ways you can help us. And it was, it was, um, quite nerve wracking actually giving it to people. Felt really good writing it. And then the thought of actually giving it to people was like, oh gosh, I don't want them to think I'm that type A personality, but I mean, I am. And it actually made me feel so much better once they had it, because then I just knew that they knew what I wanted and how I wanted to experience my postpartum. And I also discussed that I did have postpartum depression last time. And I think part of it was that I didn't um, prevent people from coming into the house and have that golden sort of few weeks with my partner and my baby. And it was just too much too soon. So asking for help and, and sort of being quite upfront about that was hard, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. And I, and I think what you said, you know, the process of writing that letter mm. is probably the most important part yes. is actually deciding what do you want yeah. from your postpartum experience. And again, it's the same as the work that I do in, in preparing women for birth is, you know, what do you want this experience to look like? Mm. You know, it's not helpful for me to talk about positive birth or for you to take someone else's version of a positive birth that's not meaningful for you. You have to actually decide, you know, what is your version of a positive postpartum, you know, because some women do want, and I was like that, like with the first, I did not put any restrictions on visitors and I found that really hard. Mm. So with my second, I was like, no, I don't, I, you know, for the first three weeks, I really don't want anyone Mm certainly not dropping in unannounced yes oh god um (laughs) yeah whereas the first the first time I didn't say I I just you know you just don't know what you don't know yeah um but other women want that you know they 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 thrive in the company of others and Mm. they you know they want that company and they want those conversations and they want that connection so Mm. until you figure out what you want yeah then you can't communicate that to other people so yeah. that's really that that first step and I know it's hard when you haven't been through it before yeah um but you do just sort of have to know yourself and you know when you get stressed do you retreat or mm. do you move towards mm. connection yeah, you know true. how do you react to other hard moments in yeah. your life and yeah. I found that um because you know even my, my mum was like, oh, but does that mean I can't come as well? And I just said, you know what, let's just say no one's coming. And if I feel like having you, I will ask you to come because you can always then say, you know what, you can come. But once you say you can, you can't say you can't because it's kind of, well, yeah. you, 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 I guess you can, but it's harder to say 
no once you've said yes. So I just found that putting that big boundary in place was really good because people were really like, oh, is it okay if we drop something off? And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. But we don't feel like having yeah. people in today, you know? Yeah. So matrescence, we've discussed the psychological shift a bit, but how much does the psychological shift come into your prep with new mums? Do you talk about it a lot or is it a bit more you just wait and see what they're like? And I try to. <laughs> and I think this is one of those big things until it's until you've gone through it. Yeah. It's really hard to conceptualize yeah. how much you're going to shift. And, you know, I was like that as a first time mom. Like, I was just like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be my same self and I'm going to be the same within my partnership and I'm going to be the same within my friendships. And then it happens and you mm. think, wow, how did I not realize mm. how much becoming a mother would change me? Mm. Um, so I do try to really plant those seeds. Um, and so when I'm doing a postpartum planning session, I send them this workbook first. And I would say okay. a good half of the workbook is based around those identity questions and you know, how are you going to relate to your partner and how are you and your partner going to show love and connection towards one another when you might not be feeling that, mm. that love and connection mm. and how are you going to relate to your friends who haven't had children? Oof, yeah. Um, and, you know, just trying to get them, it's mostly just asking questions yeah. Um, and just sort of planting those seeds because and just having awareness that it's going to happen. So when it does happen again, you don't feel like it's, just you or it's abnormal mm. or yeah any of those thoughts that I think we tend to have mm, it's true that you can't fully prepare anyone for it I guess I mean it's funny even after I asked that question I thought I mean you can't as much as you try to it's the same with birth right you can't you can listen to as many birth stories as you like but you're never going to fully comprehend it until you're in it it is such a it's just, it's not really able to be put into words, is it? It's such a unique, bizarre human experience. And speaking of partners, how can our partners support us as the birthing people and what realistically can we expect of them and sort of ask from them? Again, it totally depends on how much leave, if any, they have. Yep. Um, I think that is getting better. Like it seems most of the um, couples I work with now, their partner will have somewhere from like two weeks to almost a month mm. off of work, which mm -hmm. is fabulous. Um, but yeah, it really does depend on yeah what those yeah. restrictions around um, postpartum are. Um but basically doing everything else, <laughs> you know, just all the the birth mother should be doing yeah. is recovering from giving birth, mm -hmm. figuring out how to breastfeed and resting yeah. as much of, as possible. And really everything else should mm. be left to the partner. So mm. the laundry, the dishes, um, if you can leave the food to someone, you know, friends and family, you know, external to the two of you, that is amazingly helpful. Um, it also depends if it's your first or your second. Yeah. Um, majorly, I think with second, yeah. yeah, most choose sort of a divide and conquer yes. <laughs> approach where, you know, mom has, yeah. mom is, has the baby and then the partner has the, the, toddler the older children. Yeah. yeah. That's our situation right now. It's one child each basically, and just in survival mode most of the time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. so for people listening, 
who may have a loved one or a friend about to head into postpartum, what advice would you give them about helping or supporting that person? Food is (laughs) always, like I said, number one. It's just um, ask them if they're going, if they're open to having a meal train, Mm -hmm. if they're setting up a meal train themselves, or maybe they want you to take on the responsibility of setting up a meal train. Um, you can be really nice to throw sort of not like a baby shower, but just a cooking party for your friend. Oh, that's cool. You know, just, yeah. I mean, it's hard with lockdowns. Depends again, where you are in the world, but if you can get a bunch of you together in the kitchen, um, and just cook up, just do big batch cooking, cook up lots of meals for her to Mm. enjoy in postpartum. Um, if you are, you know, putting those meals into containers, it can be nice to write little love notes. Oh, that's like really support nice. Notes, yeah, 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 yeah. On the container. Um, That'll probably make many people uh, cry in the postpartum when they read that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. exactly what you need, isn't it? Yeah. And just being there, you know, just mm. checking in just with text messages. Yeah. You know, do you want me to drop a coffee off today? Mm. If I do, do you want me to stay? Yeah. Um, do you need space today? Mm. Um, just, yeah, just that, that, that checking in without expectations. Yeah. Definitely. And and it, and if she doesn't text you back, then don't don't worry. Take that as a slight. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, yeah. okay, she's having a bad day. I'll you know I'll try again. Yeah. Um. Tomorrow, or I'll just drop a coffee by anyway, but I won't. Yeah, stay. that was nice. Um, I found especially both times actually. I had a few people that would just they sort of I post about this stuff a lot on social media, so people who follow me know that I'm not big on unexpected guests, and I am big on supporting people postpartum so I had a few friends that would just send me a text and say hey I just dropped this on your doorstep and it was such a highlight of my week every time it's so nice to to have people that care that much it's a huge effort to go and cook someone food and then take it all the way to their house especially when you've got your own kids so it's so nice when people can do that um what was the other thing I was going to say I've lost my train of thought already oh yeah (laughs) it's funny it's kind of relevant um you just said something about texting and I just realized yesterday I went to text um, my cousin who's a good friend of mine and she had texted me t- nearly two months ago and said, hey, how are you feeling? And I realized when I went to text her that I hadn't responded and I just thought, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. But she's totally understanding because she's got three kids. So it's just, I think that's the difference with friends with and friends without kids during this time as well there's just no hard feelings about that type of thing forgetting because you know that you've probably done it to someone as well yeah yeah it's difficult to remember to do everything as a mum right oh yeah for sure and like I said just to be able to have that support without yeah any expectations that's what's so meaningful I think in Mm, postpartum totally I was going to ask uh, let's talk about food but we've already fully dived into that um so what can we do to avoid overwhelm and burnout and I know that a lot of what we've been talking about is to prevent that but realistically um I guess I didn't realize the first time around that I was burning out until about six months into my postpartum period and that is purely because I did just like you said I didn't have time to stop and think but also I think I was just trying to push through and avoid any worry about how I was really feeling or what I was really going through. Um, So I wonder if someone is planning postpartum or about to go into postpartum, how can we prepare to not burn out? Is there a way we can do that? 
I know, again, it's difficult because you sort of don't know until you're in it, but just to plant the seed for people. Yeah, I mean, you just have to rest and ask yeah. for help. Like it's it's really simple, yeah. but it's really hard to mm. do in practice. So it's it's planning for three weeks, six weeks, if you can, of really not doing anything, mm. you know, just like I said, resting, sleeping when your baby sleeps, feeding your baby, falling in love with your baby, finding your feet as a family, but really not doing anything beyond that. Not worrying in about order the house to do, being... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so in order to do that, you need support. You need your partner. You need your friends. You need your family. And you also need that that start of that identity shift of just letting things go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we're much the same. Like, I again, I like very controlling. I really like a clean house. Mm. I really feel uncomfortable when my house is not clean. And that was really hard in postpartum was just letting go of those. And they were just my own expectations. You know, my, my husband didn't care. My friends didn't care. It was me. Um, and just sort of realizing that nobody else cares and the world will keep spinning if the dishes aren't done, you know, and it's just, and motherhood, I think is just a continual, you can, you have to learn that letting go lesson Mm. over and over and over again. Mm. Um, But just letting go of that, those ideals of perfectionism and. Yeah, totally. And it's more difficult, I think, for people with our personality type, because like you say, it is stressful and anxiety inducing when you have chaos in your house, because you're like the way that you can think clearest is when your house is clear. So it's really difficult to just ignore it all and go into your bubble. I think another thing for me was, the first time I kind of forced myself, even though everyone said rest, and I guess that's what we're telling people to do now as well, it was really difficult for me to grasp it. And I did try and go for walks around the block, go for a walk to get a coffee, these small things, but because I'd had um, quite a difficult first birth and I I did have stitches and I was taking a while to recover, it just ruined me. And I just kept forcing myself, especially when my partner went back to work and I was home alone all day, I'd want to sort of do something for the day. So I'd go to get a coffee with a friend or whatnot. And I think forcing myself to do that repeatedly really made an impact in the long run, maybe not that day, but I think it took me longer to heal. And then I really just burnt out. Whereas this time we're in lockdown. So I I haven't really had the choice. And I think as much as that's had its difficulties, it's it's also given me this sort of forced, well, I can't go anywhere anyway. So that's probably another reason my body's taking a lot longer to recover um, or, well, change because I haven't been up and active as much, but it's kind of a good thing because I feel so much better. So it's, yeah. I guess yeah. it's weighing up. Yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of a ramble, but I, I think, yeah, definitely like not even though you feel like yeah I feel like going up going for a big walk today maybe thinking that's probably not the best thing for me to be doing right now it's hard to do that at the time but it's so important isn't it yeah and I do think you know getting out of the house is really healthy you know and um particularly if your your space is stressing you out yeah um I used to just try to have at least one room in the house that was usually it was the living room because that's where I was spending most of my time and I did try to have that be like clean and decluttered so I could go there and you know just be on the couch feeding all day and not feel you know stressed about 
my surroundings. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I also felt just for my mental health, getting out of the house was really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is that balance. And I think really, if you listen to your body, your body will tell you yeah. that you're doing too much. Yeah. We just, like you said, and I was this way as well. We just choose to ignore it and like yeah. push through it when really the signals are there earlier yeah. than we probably care to admit. Mm. I still remember the first time. I think I was only, I was probably a week or two postpartum, maybe two weeks postpartum. And I thought, I want to go for a walk. I want to go for a walk around the block. And so I put my baby in the sling. It was just before my partner went back to work. And we walked to the end of the driveway and we walked about three houses down and I, my body just went, oh, like I felt like I was going to pass out. And I just went, oh, I can't do this. Actually, I have to go home. And I didn't, I didn't realize how unprepared I was for physical like exercise. So yeah, that was, that was a shock, but I think that was much needed because I would have just pushed on if my body didn't do that. So yeah, definitely trying to stay in tune with your body. And I, I found that, yeah, I found that quite difficult, but yeah, it's really, really good to stay in tune with your body because it will tell you. So if you could offer all soon to be parents, one main piece of postpartum advice together, what would it be? Just to think about it <laughs> and sort of like what we spoke about earlier, you know, whether it's writing a letter or whether it's just the two of you sitting down and just thinking about what do you want your postpartum to look like and what do you want it to feel like and who do you want to be there and who do you not want to be there mm. um, and just just give it some consideration. You know, I think planning for birth is a lot more common. And I think most couples put some effort into at least considering, you know, what they want from their birth experience. And it's just carrying that through and just doing the same um, for postpartum. And it, again, it doesn't need to be a big elaborate plan, but just sort of having some idea of, of what you want, mm. some idea of what resources you do have available, um, what help is available. If you do find that you need to reach out, um, you know, what help can friends and family provide, what professionals might you want to research in your area, you know, lactation consultants or a women's health physio, just, yeah a little bit of planning goes a long way. Um, just some other ideas is it's something as simple as just writing your favorite meals, your favorite easy meals mm, and your favorite, e your favorite takeaway, mm. writing them down and putting them on the fridge. Because when you're in postpartum, and again, you can't comprehend this until you're in it, you are so exhausted and so emotionally spent that you can't make any, you can't make big decisions. You also can't make little decisions mm. like what you want for dinner, you yeah. know, but if you have the list there, you'll be like, okay, fine. Let's just pick the first one. Eggs on toast. Yep. Great. Yeah. That's what's for dinner. Um, and same with things that you love doing. So I usually recommend that clients just write five things that always make you feel good and write them down and put them on the fridge. That's a great and idea. If you heart, yeah. And if you're having a low day, just be like, oh yeah, I love to curl up with a book or mm. yeah, I do need to listen to Beyonce right now or yeah. just really simple yes. things. Both great things and, to do as well. <laughs> yeah. And like, cause you just, you're so like I said, it's so hard to describe until you're in it, but mm. you're so exhausted and emotionally spent and you mm. don't know who you are anymore. And just those really just simple strategies can go a long way 
to making postpartum feel easier. That's such good advice. Thank you. I'm sure that will help many people. And the the list of things that make you feel good about yourself. That's such a great idea. I think even just shortly after I had my second baby recently, I had a bath and I got into the bath and because I'd been pregnant for so long, obviously the same amount of time as everybody, but I remember going, oh, wow, it feels so good to have a bath when you're not pregnant because you don't have this huge weight pushing you onto the (laughs) back of the bath. And it was like, I felt changed after I got out of the bath. It sounds so silly, but it was so refreshing to just have that 10 minutes to myself. It would have been longer if I didn't have two kids, but you know, it was worth it still. (laughs) Yeah. There's something magical about hot water. Mm, Totally. I think this chat will definitely help a lot of people plan for their postpartum and maybe even people who aren't going into postpartum. It's just good, I think, to share this so that people can know what to expect. Because the other thing I realized after having kids is that I probably wasn't a great friend to other people in postpartum I I never realized until I had a kid I still remember going to a friend's house and holding their baby and just sitting on the couch and playing with their baby the whole time and not focusing on them at all and yeah I feel really guilty about it now but I know same as soon as I had a I had baby I had to like send messages to yes. three or four friends being like I am so <laughs> sorry like I had no yeah. idea it's so hard to know isn't it but it's good that there's all yeah. this information out there now so yeah hopefully that's helpful thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show today it's been I mean I could talk to you about this for a lot longer but we have no time left so yeah I really <laughs> thank appreciate you for having it. me yeah it's been so great hey thanks so much for listening I hope you really enjoyed that it was so great to talk to Caitlin especially during the postpartum period when I was going through it all. If you are a business owner or a soon-to-be business owner, don't forget to sign up for my free branding workshop series. You can find the link on Instagram at sunmotherstudio or at mother.other. It'll be in the bio of both of those accounts. I cannot wait to see you there. If I don't see you there, I will see you on the next episode or you will hear me on the next episode. Okay, have a great day.